Hello, and welcome to What About Us, a podcast that discusses how policies, history, and culture affect rural Tennesseans. I am Sandy Rice, and I'm happy to be part of the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Tennessee Holler is a group of progressive voices shining a light on Tennessee politics and yelling the truth. Sign up for the newsletter and make a donation because the Holler is people-powered. We hear lots of news about changes in voting laws across the nation since the 2020 election, which was determined by election experts to be the most secure in American history. There was no evidence of widespread fraud and abuse dead people voting, or ruined ballots. Legal challenges have been dismissed and there has been no significant change in costly recounts. The need for increased voter integrity or to protect the ballot box started in Georgia when the Republicans, reeling from electing two Democratic senators and holding off former President Trump's demands to change the outcome, many other Republican-led states, even those who were clearly red, have followed suit considering almost 400 bills to restrict voting in 48 states, according to the Brennan Center. I may also challenge listeners to read hour-long transcript of a phone call from former President Trump to Georgia election officials like the Secretary of State try to convince them to uh, change the vote. I was truly surprised when I heard that eliminating 24-hour and drive-through voting was part of the bill. Texas and Sunday voting and drop boxes in Georgia were going to be banned. I was like, what? We don't have those things in Tennessee. Why not? Because we are about as voter suppressed as we can get here already. My guest today is Tamara Banks, the Director for Political Affairs, Tennessee Democratic Party. Welcome, Tamara. Thank you so much, Sandy, for having me. You bet. Thank you for coming on. You're looking good. No thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I try. What they say when you look good, you act good. When you act good, you get some work done. So okay. I usually dress up every day just so I'm feeling in my, as my best self to produce my best work. Not me. I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> so Hey, that's a good feeling. Yes. <laughs> So what are some of our laws and policies here that make Tennessee 50th in voter turnout in 2018 Mm -hmm. and only 47th in 2020, the biggest election turnout ever in our nation? We can start with strict voter ID. Okay. So we're one of five states in the country with a very strict voter ID that started in 2012. Mm -hmm. Um. This year, there were multiple bills to make student IDs acceptable, and that failed. We've also banned Mm -hmm. um, accepting out-of-state licenses. It has to be government-issued, a government-issued photo ID. Mm -hmm. You can use a passport, but a lot of people don't have a passport. They they don't travel outside the country. You're Um, right. Military. Well, a lot of us aren't in the military. You can go to driver's license uh, facilities, um, use your driver's license, but a lot of people don't drive, like seniors or, mm-hmm. or young people. Uh, young people in big cities may not get a driver's license or drive. Um, students from out of state, rural residents find it difficult to find transportation to driver's license facilities with limited hours. That's always a big problem. Voter ID, it should be 
whichever ID that you have that can show one, your face and can show your name. Mm -hmm. That's an ID. Because there was a law trying to be passed in the Arkansas legislature. And I don't want to um, verbatim word for word mess it up, but they are extending IDs to um, the Amish um, community. Oh, okay. And it's something about them not having that they can't show their put their face on their ID or identification. Or oh, I see. But they're still allowed to show that as an identification card. So that goes back to the previous situation, like with the stricter voter uh, ID. Excuse me. You have students who come to the state of Tennessee, as you mentioned, Vanderbilt, Tennessee State University. You have students who don't know how to go, not to say they don't know how to go get a, a, a ID card or they don't have a driver's license and their student ID may be the only form of ID that they have. So the representatives who are trying to strike down on voter ID laws and what they are trying to ban they're just only scared of the power of the numbers that people will actually go and vote. Because uh -huh. if you, you should just be able to go and vote with right. the ID that you show. Like you shouldn't be having, um, you know, you shouldn't be challenged because, oh, you have a student ID or you have a, uh, a regular identifi uh, identification card. As you mentioned earlier, people don't, walk around with passports. I know a number of my friends don't have passports. I mean, I luckily have a passport because of just, you know, me wanting to go out the country, but a lot of people aren't in our shoes. And so when the legislators, they make decisions based off their own understanding and not the people's right. understanding that they are represented, that makes me furiated. I'm furiated about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of bills to make student IDs acceptable and they all but one failed. I think it's still hanging around. When I went to check the site, I saw that there was one that has been deferred and um, I thought, well, how did that get through? There was also um, a, a big fight about first time voters that they had to vote in person first. You know, nothing, nothing seems to be um, easy when it comes to a lot of things in Tennessee. It's always a court battle. It's always a legal battle, but um, because it was making students go back to their home, it, this is just in Tennessee, I guess it would be the mm -hmm. same too. They'd have to go to their home in the middle of November, leave school. You know, this is a big thing about wow. it's not supposed to be a big hassle. And nope. I think sometimes it's looked at as, oh, well, you just have to go to the driver's license facility. Oh, you just need to mm -hmm. you know, do this or that. Um, and it doesn't seem like that big of a hurdle until you actually talk to a person that we don't think about voting all day, every day, you know, that no, we do not. I gotta do this. Oh, it's 30 days before the election. I better go get, you know, registered or I've, I've moved, I've changed uh, my home. I've got kids to register for school and I get the power turned on and all these things. Oh, I have to notify 
the election commission of my change in, in address. So these are all um, hurdles that may not seem that much when you're sitting in Nashville, but mm-hmm. in, in reality, you know, another thing is um, absentee ballots. We're one of five states in the United States to restrict who can vote absentee. This, speaking of big battles, this was a huge battle Um, because in Tennessee, um, there's a whole list of uh, restrictions or a whole list of things that you need to be in order to request an absentee ballot. Because of COVID across the nation, states were allowing fear of COVID or risk of COVID to be uh, rationale for absentee uh, absentee ballot. Tennessee fought it and appealed it and fought it and appealed it and fought it and appealed it um, all the way up until the legislative session this year um, to not let people use that as a reason. In fact, there was a resolution to kind of punish the judge that finally said, I said, you're going to allow it. And that's it. You know, our courts are the ones that protect us from the law, you know, and so we get in a battle with the courts all the time, because we don't think about the legislators don't think about what they're doing. They don't listen to us. It caused a lot of confusion, a lot of expense and time and stress for the uh, county election officials because no, you couldn't pass out absentee ballots. No, yes, you could. No, you couldn't. Right, right close to the election. Um, and then, you know, we don't have drop boxes. We finally- and, and I think that's a problem because mm-hmm. think about the, the elderly, think about those who are uh, who who aren't not just to say aren't able to go and stand in the line, but you got to think about the working mom, the working family. Yeah, those people who work jobs from seven to probably seven p.m. Mm-hmm. and when they get off, they're not thinking about to <laughs> going to voting. To be honest, they're trying to go home and put food on their family's table and just make ends meet. But if it's a way, as you mentioned earlier, to make it easier for the, the, the everyday working mom, the everyday working dad, and they want to be involved in the process, mm-hmm. but we make it hard and let's exclude we, let's exclude the legislator, make it hard uh-huh. for them to really participate in democracy. Because as we say all the time, you know, we tell the people like, well, you got to go vote. You got to go vote. You got to go vote. Only way you change something is to vote. But you're making it hard. You're putting every block up for them to not vote. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to not vote because they're like, well, I tried. Trouble. Too much trouble. Too much trouble. It's I too much house to go through. Mm-hmm. Too many and hurdles. Too many hurdles. And I know in California, they they actually have a voting uh, center in the mall. Oh yeah, yeah. Where you can just go and cash a ballot in the mall. Yeah. But Tennessee is so 
we so behind and you know of course you have the the conservatives and um and what I'm also saying this is just me speaking from my experience and my views and not part of the Tennessee Democratic Party with what I'm about to say I feel that we allow conservatives and mainly Republicans to dictate how we live our lives. That's right. And we allow them like to, you know, like, well, you got to do this. You got to live by this. You got to live by this. No, we were put here on this earth to live the life of not only humanity, but a life of plentiful. Mm-hmm. And so when you start making it hard for somebody else to eat, for somebody else to, you know, make ends meet, to have affordable or just access to healthcare, the basic human needs, like that's evil. That's really evil. Mm-hmm. And so to go back, you know, we have to get into this space and to fight to make it easier for people to vote and actually put people in office that represent not only the values, but just represent people. Because it's enough people who don't like people that are in office and they're just here for greed. So they need to do what they need to do. Um, but it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Another area that we don't do well in is revoking the right to vote. There's a higher rate of people banned um, from voting in Tennessee than 47 other states. Felons, it's difficult to restore after serving um, sentence and parole. And I just, I just want to just, I didn't, I didn't know this. So I'm going to share what I didn't know, because I just think if I didn't know it, probably a lot of people didn't know it. So felonies go from a a class A to a class E. So I think a lot of times people think a felon is a murderer, you know, a robber, assault, but um, with lots of time in prison, lots of fines, but there is a designation. There's a felony class E is what does lawmakers designate that this Mm -hmm. is a felony and it can include one to six years in prison, a $3,000 fine, for example, theft of a thousand to $2,500 would be a class E felony, but um, the state is making more things felonies. And, and the, the best example is last year after Black Lives Matter protests, you know, we had some people on the plaza. They wanted mm-hmm. to meet with Governor Lee to talk about, we want to talk about police reform and uh, fairness. And he wouldn't meet with them. He just wouldn't meet with them. And they spent 62 days, approximately 62 days on the plaza. Well, when you <clears throat> to make their point, well, you know, you don't go up there with your Hilton honors card and stay in a hotel every night. You're just there. Mm-hmm. You traveled. You're going to be there until you make your point. And, you know, everybody gets frustrated and it escalated into some bio- violence. Oh, my gosh. Well, it became a felony, you know, to do that. And there's been a couple of things uh, that they and we backed off on this. If you stand in the road, uh, block traffic or an emergency vehicle, that's going to be a felony as well. Well, mm-hmm. felony is on your record. You can't vote um, and on and on. Anyway, 
I want to do a podcast on protesting and the First Amendment. <laughs> so uh, anyway, a lot of hurdles. Yes, there is a path to restoring your um, voting rights after serving your sentence and parole, but it is a hurdle and uh, we need to make that um, easier um, to make it, you know, automatic. Um, mm-hmm. You know, another word, uh, another um, thing about the right to vote. Okay, so I feel like some of our policies, some of our laws, rip that right away. Rip that right to vote right away from people. Oh, here's another one. Um, if you can't, if you're behind in child, um, if you're behind in child support payments, no voting. You can't vote. If you're behind in payments to victims or victim restitution, no voting. What other right do we have that can be pulled away, you know, for those things? Not to say that those things shouldn't be done, but a lot of people in these situations are poor and they can't afford to, you know, pay that, pay that bill. So there needs to be a payment plan. Just yeah, one- and that's crazy too. Like how you gonna give somebody make some like the, the some stuff just don't make sense. It doesn't it's make like sense. who sit and draw up these bills? You know what I mean? We know like they have people to write the bills for them because half of them when they present the bills, they don't even know how to argue oh, against yeah. the bill to make well, it make sense. Yeah, a lot of these, a lot of uh, things come from the Republican national think tanks, the Heritage Foundation and that, so. And ALEC. And ALEC, yeah, that's a, I remember what that stands for, but that's another thing that writes the bills for them. I just, uh, yeah. A word about purging. This is where if you, if you don't use your right to vote, you'll lose it. So what other right is taken away if you don't use it? Like, um, and then just a word about gerrymandering. Um, I'm going to do a podcast uh, on that. That's where um, the government draws up districts based on the census. And it is, you know, historically known to manipulate the outcomes of mm-hmm. votes um, because of, well, my district, federal district four, I would say it is uh, shaped like a croissant with mm-hmm. uh, a cherry spilling out of uh, the eastern edge of it. Mm. But there are worse examples, I think, especially in Pennsylvania. Um, and, and, and they've been called to task on that. So a lot of bills were before the legislature this year that would have made it easier to vote using student IDs, uh, same day registration and voting, not having a 30 day gap. I mean, what's gonna change in 30 days between your registration and voting? Registration, um, passing out voter info to 18 year olds, no excuse absentee ballots, automatic restoration of rights for felons, restoration of voting if payment plans for victim restitution and child support are put in place or just not ever taken away. Um, Calling, texting uh, and or emailing before purging a voter from a role uh, municipal elections, the same as the general election, not these kind of off dates in the summer for this county and that. I bet to make everything August and November, you just know to vote August and November for something. And interestingly enough, optical scanning of ballots and voting machines with a paper trail um, 
did not pass automatically. When we're trying to protect the ballot box, you would think that those would have been the first on the list to be passed. Better voting machines, better paper trail. So all of these bills, either many of them sponsored by uh, Democrats, either failed, died, or were deferred. There were also a lot of bills that make, would make it harder to vote. Fingerprinting voters. My personal favorite. <laughs> How many people would that eliminate from voting? They had to get their fingerprints. Even if you didn't have a, a record that would concern you, just, just general government um, invasion. Dang, your business too much. Like, why would you need my fingerprint? Like, um, I'm giving you what you need, and you need my fingerprint just yeah. to vote? Yeah. No. Um, there was a a long time going through a website to post those who are requesting absentee ballots that the county would post your name if you requested an absentee ballot for anybody to look at. And I can only assume that it's so neighbors could turn you in if they think you shouldn't have an absentee ballot. Um, you know, there's kind of a effort to penalize voting election officials for um, mistakes. Um, and then Senator Janice Bowling, who is my state senator, uh, wanted to eliminate early voting, um, voting machines, and only use paper ballots. It failed to get a co-sponsor. But the reason I mention these is that um, sometimes legislators test the waters. And if something doesn't catch, they can bring it back. My example for that is bathroom bills bathroom bills came up years ago and oh no, no 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 that wasn't going anywhere and now we have five so it was it was really hard for me to keep up with everything and i only concentrated on voting has anything passed there was some crazy stuff that did pass though <laughs> so tomorrow we need to make sure people are able to vote despite these suppressive policies how do we get the vote? This is your well, story, right? <laughs> yep. One thing I would say is, you know, starting now, we have to just engage communities and go out and just share with them like the the best ways to get them involved. And what I mean by that is um Building with organizations who are already on the ground doing grassroots um, organizing and door knocking because door knocking is what gets people out to vote mobilization and voter education is important as well because as we shared earlier, you know, just not telling people to go vote is isn't isn't the the, the recipe to GOTV, mm -hmm. but really engaging the people and showing and being visible on why it's important for them to go vote so that they can know, hey, you can play a role in making sure that you seat a county commissioner who can, you know, 
fix help fix some issues that you may be going have be going on in your community like roads or basic stuff or you know water sewage or something that may uh immediate immediately affect affect someone you know that's what you can do because i tell them it you know when i go out to speak and just to be on the grounds like we just can't you know continue the cycle of saying oh well you know it will get done someone is is someone's job everyone has a role to play we all have a role to making sure that everyone is um going out to vote and really there should be something 365 days a year going around like weekends of action and weekends of action that's just a day where you go knock doors and just talk about issues talk about what do you want what do you want to see happen in the community or asking those people in the community what do you want to see um what's in your neighborhood that could be better so yeah um i would just share you know getting organizations and people involved who haven't been a part of the process as well Mm -hmm. because oftentimes we go and reach out to the same people that's in us in our in our bubble yes and Uh we know that they're gonna vote but it's also go out and reach out to someone who isn't politically savvy or doesn't you know really care about politics or doesn't care about not to say they don't care about it, but really don't, doesn't have an interest and just share with them why it's important for us to have a say-so in our democracy. And yeah. also have to bridge the gap by sharing resources, expanding yeah. communications, and investing in people that's in these local communities uh-huh. and establishing you know, a cohesive message statewide Right. Um, for right. everyone to abide by or, right. you know, everyone can know. It's just like, hey, this is we, we this is our message. So that's 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 some of the pieces. And also, you know, creating a, an exclusive space for everyone to unite around an equitable platform. Okay. Um, so those are some of the things that. I feel that we, um, as the Tennessee State Democratic Party, will be working on as well, okay. um, and that, that 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 plays a role into GOTV and being intentional, uh, where we, you know, focus on policies and the agenda that put all Tennesseans first. Right. So right. everyone deserves access to uh education right access to health care right um and not only just access to health care but making it affordable for all people even in the rural area because like sometimes well like the closest what's the closest hospital to you all right now well i'm really lucky um because uh, here in swanee we have a little hospital we also mm-hmm. have a hospital in, in winchester but i know uh when um, you know, in East, um, Eastern Tennessee and more, uh, all kinds of, of counties, especially in Eastern Tennessee, there's, it's, a, the roads are bad. 
it's risky. Uh, there's mm -hmm. a limited number of ambulances. Yeah, there might mm -hmm. be an ambulance in your in your area, but if they're picking up somebody, you know, 60 miles away, you're going to get passed miles. by. Yeah. So, oh yeah, that's been that, you know, that's been talked about and talked about and hammered and we get, we get nowhere. That is. And, mm -hmm. and I can add, um, you know, offering an innovative approach to empower new leaders uh, to organize and transform the communities in which they are. So giving them, you know, tools and trainings that can, you know, be a guide for them to be successful right. um, in their community is also a big, big um, point that when I said, what can we do to get more people to get out to vote? Um, just offering them with innovative tools. Uh -huh. Like, you know, we can't continue to do the same thing that we've been doing because it hasn't been working. Right. And we have to lean on each other and make sure that, you know, you put people into place, organize people into place who knows their, their, their areas, but also that can lean on each other and really win. Right. With each other. And just dedicate and, and you know, a lot of people think that this work that we're doing is going to take two to three years and, you know, even overnight. But this this is hard work. We have to continue to believe in what we're fighting for and commit ourselves to tackling tackling these challenges ahead, because this is not a one day, two day, one year, let's fix this. But every small thing that we do leads up to the bigger outcome. And that's just, you know, like what you're doing. This is a great platform because everyone can hear and then, you know, it just spark. Everyone has a different way that they're, they um, are inspired. So you're inspiring some people to get involved in, you know, it, it's just so many pieces and intricate roles that everyone um, has to play in order for us to push the needle forward. Right. And meet people where they are. We have to meet people where they are. Um, there was a um, young lady who she's been doing work with the Democratic Party for years, for years, and she um and she was like well what can we do to get more young people involved I said you gotta look at it like this you gotta go where the young people are you can't continue to hoping and wishing that the young people gonna come to you you need to come where they are I said if you go where they are they're gonna meet you where you are and I kid you not this past weekend there was an event and there were like over 200 uh young people at the event and she set up a uh, voter registration table and sharing information about um, her organization. And she called um, and she, she shared, she said, Hey, I get it. You got to meet the people where they are. It's yeah. like, yeah, cause we continue to attract the like-minded people who we know they're going to go vote. But what are the people about, 
those guys and young ladies who are wanting somebody to come for them and nobody is coming for them because they feel that they don't have a place in this space, in this world to share their um, point of view or their perspective because Mm -hmm. that matters too. And so it's just really, really, really um, being to building like the relationships and getting people involved intentionally and genuinely and authentically. So that's really, that's really all I really have, like just for how we um, are going to approach GOTV and um, putting together trainings for all counties so that they can have a guide to go by um, to what it means to get people out to register to vote, what it means to um, engage you know, people genuinely and intentionally because another thing too, like people be so timid when they go up and meet people. It's like, yo, you can't be timid if you're in this work. Like you got to pick, you got to pick your battle. Like we have, look, we going to have some trainings on that, on best practices for knocking doors, for making phone calls. Because one thing too, people, they get emotional when, we we when we make phone calls and you got to know like yo you have to it's like not have a heart not to say not have a heart but you can't take this to heart when you're right. calling people right. like you got to when you hang up that call from that person you hang up their interaction as well to have a tough some tough skin yeah you yeah, said yeah before yeah yeah and you have to be able to gauge whether you're going to get anywhere you know, with this mm-hmm. person, you know, um, and, yeah. and de-escalate it and just say, wow, you seem really upset. Um, would it be another time to talk or what's happened that mm-hmm. it's way and you know, if they hang up on you, well, you move on to the next person. They might yeah. be more um, willing to, to talk. Yeah, it's, it's tough work. Yeah. I, hope, I hope we can, um, you know, get out there. I hope that you with me today, you know, ha- helps. I hope we've provided some thoughts and and things to the listeners, you know, just yes, in, in concluding a couple of things um, that I wanted to mention um, or, or emphasize. So, so Tennessee, we have a low voter turnout and who, who or what gets blamed? We do. We, we do. do. The voters were apathetic. No, it's the policies. There are so many things that happen in our world that is not our fault. It's the policies that are passed that make things tough. Um, you know, the Tennessee government is not doing its job. Its job is to nope. make it easier to exercise our right to vote. Uh, we're, we're, like we say, we're not supposed to be running around for ID, provisional ballots, waiting in line, writing a letter, finding the right person to get an absentee ballot from, figuring out where to mail it, keeping track of odd elections, figuring out how to restore our voting rights. That's the second yep. state. That's his job to make voting um, easier in our state. Yep. He does nothing but make it more difficult. He opposes everything that's progressive, everything that might help. I feel like the government here in, in Tennessee and our secretary of state protecting the ballot box means protecting it from us. We've really lost sight of what the government is supposed to do. As I said, we're seeking freedom from wearing a mask or getting vaccinated or getting a gun, but not to vote. 
all the restrictive and penalties to teachers if they don't teach this or they do teach that it's just very it's, it's very um punitive on a lot of things also our elected officials are not listening to us again examples of popular issues we talked about um a popular issues with the public access to health care and medical marijuana people really wanted that in tennessee and we did not get it if it don't if you don't like it or it affects you or your family in some way you need to you know you need to stand up and 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 yeah is your voice and it does it does make a difference i mean um and when you get out to vote you are opening up a door and a path forward to those behind us the generation behind um, us to be in a better space for when they grow older well you know the other thing is a lot of people have uh, been beaten and died, given their life for us to vote. Um, I just um, I just went to Selma about a month ago, went across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, and uh, you know more learn more in more about Bloody Sunday and um, you know the right to vote, and also the people that have fought in our wars, our world wars. They didn't fight for some of the they they fought for our freedom and our democracy that's what they fought for and voting is democracy so i just want to say a word about hr1 the for the people act this federal uh legislation passed by the um uh, house of representatives in washington it's kind of waiting to go to the senate it addresses some things that we talked about today automatic voting restore uh felon uh, voting rights, uh, prohibit purging, taking people off the rolls. Um, if no picture ID that you can sign an affidavit attesting to your identity um, under penalty of law. I mean, there's going to be some punishment if you are found out to be misrepresenting, re misrepresenting yourself for um, fraud. There's a lot of things about uh, other federal implications, cleaning up voting and transparency, ethics and contributions. And we're going to do another podcast on that at some time. Let me just uh, thank Tamara Bates, uh, political advisor for TNDP, for sharing her thoughts with me on voting in Tennessee. Um, I hope you will share some of this information and thoughts with friends and family. Remember to check out the Tennessee Holler at tnholler.com, our main page, but also the Facebook and Twitter um, feeds for smaller hollers throughout the state. See if one is close to you uh, for more local um, comments and information. For example, the Coffee Holler um, posts news and comments about coffee in Franklin counties. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.